Our thanks to the chancel choir for today's anthem. As we prepare for our scripture lesson this morning, we'll be reading from uh, the gospel according to Matthew. We'll be reading chapter 14, verses 22 to 36. Uh, We've been journeying through scripture, reading the Bible together over these past six or seven months. Uh, We've concluded the Old Testament several weeks ago. Mike Kramer led us uh, in in our message about uh, Christmas and the birth of Christ. And last week we uh, had heard about baptism. And this week uh, we will continue through the Gospels as we read a passage uh, from uh, towards the center of Christ's ministry. And so we'll be reading from Matthew chapter 14 uh, verses 22 to 36. But first, let's take a moment to go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks for this time. We thank you for this chance to focus our attention and our energies on you. As we gather in worship, wherever we are, we ask that you would be with us. We ask that you would help the cares and worries of the world, of work, of the weak, to melt away, that we might be in this moment, that we might hear your word, that we might come to know who you are. We ask that the spirit who inspired the writing of these words so many years ago would inspire our hearing and understanding even today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 22. Listen to the word of God. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, and do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. After the people of that place recognized him, they sent word throughout the region and brought all who were sick to him and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O God, as we reflect now on your word, We ask that you would help the sounds of Scripture to find their way into our ears, into our minds, into our hearts, and into our lives. That we might remember who you are and who you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Now, this is what Jesus says to his disciples in the midst of this journey across the sea. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And these are such powerful words, words of comfort, words of faithfulness. And I think this passage is a particularly appropriate passage for us to read on a day when we celebrate baptism, when we hear essentially those same words, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. As we read this passage, we find that Christ is faithful to his disciples. We watch this happen in this morning's passage over and over, not once, not twice, but at least three times we watch as Christ chooses to be faithful to his followers. That faithfulness that we witness as we gather for baptism, as Christ promises to call, to bless, and to love us as his own. And so I think there's something important about this passage for us as we celebrate baptism. It, it begins right after the disciples had witnessed the feeding of the 5,000. Now, this marvelous event that none of them were prepared for, and none of them quite understood as they watched as Jesus gathered together thousands of followers by the sea and fed them with bread and with fish so much that they were all filled and there were, there were baskets left over. And the disciples at that point, if they're anything like me, were ready to, well, to hang out and enjoy the after party. And they were ready to, to celebrate the, the victory and to celebrate with the people who have just been fed by Christ. But instead, Jesus calls them to do something unexpected. And he tells them to get into their boat and head across the sea to another shore. He calls them to prepare for a new ministry in a new place with new people. He calls them to be a blessing in a different location. And as disappointed as they may have been, the disciples obeyed. I think that's a really important feature of this passage, one we often overlook, but it, it opens with the disciples obediently following Christ's calling to set uh, out across the sea for another shore. But as they head uh, to the other shore, as they set out across the sea, the disciples find that the task to which they've just agreed, it's not as easy as they expected. In fact, as they get into this calling, as they prepare for this ministry, the disciples discover that pretty much everything is working against them. Everything is moving the opposite direction. As they try to head across the sea, they find that, that the wind is blowing them the other direction, that the waves are pushing them the other way, that the water itself seems to be trying to prevent them from reaching the farther shore. And the disciples are working against the wind. They're working against the waves. They're working against the water. And if you've ever been in a boat and tried to go against the current, you know how hard that is. It's so difficult. It takes every ounce of your energy, of your strength, of your power just to stay in one place, let alone to make any progress. And the disciples find themselves struggling to move forward, struggling to follow Christ's calling. And Matthew tells us that's not all. Matthew also lets us know what time it is. Now, in our translation, it tells us that it was uh, very early in the morning, but that's not exactly what Matthew said. Matthew said it was the fourth watch, which means it was 3 a.m. 3 a.m. is a pretty fascinating time. 
If you've ever found yourself staring at the clock at 3 a.m., you can never be too sure whether you're sitting alone in the darkness of yesterday or sitting alone in the darkness of tomorrow. But you know for sure that you are sitting alone in the darkness, whichever day it happens to be. And the disciples find themselves at 3 a.m. sitting alone in the darkness, working against the wind and the waves and the water, striving against the storm. And they can't even see if they're making progress. As they attempt to follow the call of Christ, they have no idea whether they're closer to the next shore or the last one. And they're stuck. And as they peer out into the darkness, looking for any landmark, any sense of whether they've made progress, suddenly they do see something through the haze. But it's not a, it's not a fixed feature of the land. It's a figure. And as they look more closely, straining their eyes through the darkness, they see that it's getting bigger and it's, it's coming toward them. And they watch and they find uh, this figure appears to be, it appears to be a human, but it's walking on the water, so it clearly can't be a human, so it must be a ghost. And at that moment, they cry out because they're terrified, as well they should be at 3 a.m. in the dark with someone walking towards them on the sea. But that's when they hear a voice. It's a familiar voice, and the voice says, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And the disciples may not have recognized the sight, but they recognized the sound. They recognized the voice, and they knew who it was. It was Christ. And the disciples, working against the wind and the waves and the water, the disciples striving against the storm, the disciples sitting in the dark all alone, realized they weren't all alone after all. And for the first time in this passage, we see that Christ chooses to be faithful to his disciples. He sends them out uh, to achieve a calling that is far more difficult than any of them had imagined, and he doesn't send them alone. He walks with them. He goes the exact same direction and perhaps even was about to pass them by, but Christ walked with them in their calling. When they chose to obey Christ, when they chose to follow where God was leading, Jesus Christ was faithful and walked with them. But the story doesn't end there. Because as Peter recognizes the voice, uh, Peter then does what only Peter could do. Peter calls out and says, Jesus, if that's really you, invite me to come to you on the water. And then Matthew tells us that Jesus responds with one word. Uh, Jesus says to Peter, come. And Matthew doesn't tell us anything else, which I have to be honest, really disappoints me in Matthew. I would like to hear about the look on Jesus's face. Or maybe Matthew didn't tell us because it was so dark and they couldn't see, but I have a hard time reading this passage and envisioning anything other than a knowing smirk on Jesus's face when he says, come. And then Peter heads to the edge of the boat and he throws one leg over the side, and then the next leg, and then Peter does something spectacular. Now, we know what comes next, and we know what came last, and so typically we focus on Peter's decision to get out of the boat, or we focus on what's going to happen in just a moment. But first, notice what Peter does. Peter walks on water. Peter 
He climbs over the edge of the boat, and Peter, who was working against the wind and the waves, suddenly finds he is striding on the sea. Peter is walking on the water himself. And that sea that was threatening to drag him down is now holding him up firm beneath his feet. As he follows Christ's calling, Peter discovers he is accomplishing the impossible. Far more than he could ever ask or think. When Peter chooses to follow Christ, he is able to do things he could never have imagined. And for that moment, Peter walks on water. But only for that moment. And we know what comes next. Pretty soon, Peter realizes what he's doing, and he he starts to look not at Jesus, but at the waves, and he starts to feel the wind, and he starts to realize how impossible this is, and immediately, he begins to stumble, and he starts to sink. And the water that was holding him up now starts to drag him down, and as those waves threaten to, to consume him and to pull him under, Jesus chooses again to be faithful. And as Peter stumbles, Jesus reaches out his hand, And catches him. And he refuses to let Peter fall. When Peter steps out in faith to follow Christ, Christ is right there, refusing to let Peter stumble. Jesus chooses to be faithful as Peter seeks to follow. The second time in this passage, we see Jesus choosing to be faithful to his people. Now, back in the boat, the other disciples are watching all this happen, and they have no idea what to make of it. I mean, they're shocked, they're terrified, they're overwhelmed, and remember, they're still fighting against the wind and the waves and the water. They're still striving against the storm, and now they've got nothing left. As tired as they were before, this has drained them. They've got nothing left to give. They've got nothing left to offer. They cannot possibly make it to the other shore, and that's when Matthew tells us Jesus does something perhaps even more spectacular. He carries Peter, and together they climb into the boat. And instead of walking past them, Jesus decides to journey with them. He joins them on their journey. And as soon as Jesus sits in the boat, the disciples realize the wind wasn't as bad as they thought. They might just make it to that other shore after all. And when they notice that Jesus is in their midst, suddenly they have the strength to continue. Suddenly they find that the wind has died down, that the storm has quieted, that the waves are a lot smaller than they expected, and the disciples continue to follow Christ's calling to that other shore, to that new ministry, to that new community, to that place where they have been called to be a blessing. Christ chooses to be faithful to his disciples by joining them on their journey. And we see this over and over in this passage. When they try to follow Christ's calling, he walks with them. When Peter follows Christ's calling, Jesus refuses to let Peter fall. And when the disciples are out of energy and they don't know how to go any further, Jesus joins them on their journey and takes them to that farther shore. Uh, Jesus Christ has called each one of us to another shore. I don't know where your shore is. I don't know if it's across the river or across town or across the street. Might be across the sanctuary. Might even be across your home. But Christ is calling you 
to a new ministry. Christ is calling you to proclaim the good news as individuals, as families, and Christ is calling us as a congregation. And sometimes the task is a lot harder than you expect. Sometimes it takes a lot more work than you could ever imagine. Sometimes it can be really hard to know if you're making a difference at all, but we continue to strive. We continue to work against the wind and the waves. We continue to strive against the storm. We continue to work with the Center for Hope and with the Ladle and with our fourth Sunday hunger offering, supporting a community youth worker. We continue to insist we will be a blessing in this community, even when it's difficult. And in those moments we find that Christ is walking with us. In the moments that we don't know what comes next, in the moments we're afraid we will fail, in the moments we begin to stumble, we know that Christ reaches out to grab us, to lift us up, to keep us faithful. And in the moments when we've got nothing left and no idea if we can make it, Jesus joins us on the journey. And suddenly we find all things are possible with God. When Jesus joins us on the journey, we can do far more than we could ever ask or think by ourselves. As we turn to the scripture passage today, as we celebrate baptism, we find over and over that Christ is faithful. God is faithful to God's people. The promises that God made this morning, God has made to us. God walks with us. God catches us when we stumble. God joins us on our journey. God will never ever leave us alone. This is the good news of the gospel. God loves us no matter what, and we see it over and over again in this passage. As we celebrate this day, baptism, as we come to God's word, as we join together as a church, remember that Christ is faithful no matter what. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.